Welcome, welcome. Father's Day 2022. Welcome to PPCC, yeah. I'd like to start by asking all of the dads in the house, everyone, if you would just please stand. Stand up. Give them a big, big round of applause. Now, I want you guys to stay standing. I want to just pray for you. I want to pray for the dads that are here. Father, on this day, when fathers are being remembered and honored throughout the world, Lord, we first honor you. Lord, you're a good father, and we are grateful that we can be called children of God. Lord, we thank you for the fathers that are here in this room with us today, the soon-to-be fathers, the young fathers, the middle-aged fathers, old fathers, the grandfathers. Thank you, Lord, for their sacrifices and their desire to reflect your heart to their, to their children. Make them aware of the privilege, Lord, the gift, the responsibility of fatherhood. Help them, Lord, not to provoke their children to anger, but to lead them in your, in your discipline and instruction. Fill those who are weary with fresh strength for their task. Lord, we thank you for our, for our fathers whom you specifically chose for us, whether it was by nat, uh, natural birth or adoption. For those who had good fathers, we thank you for their example, their care, the presence in, in our lives. May we honor them through our words and deeds. Lord, we pray specifically right now for those who don't have good memories of their fathers. We pray that, God, they would be strengthened with the power of your spirit so that Christ may dwell in their hearts through faith. And, Lord, that they would know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. For those fathers that are estranged from children, we ask God, or anyone who is un unreconciled with their father, we ask in the name of Jesus that you would bring reconciliation and healing for those who have, who have never known their dad. May they be more aware than ever that you are a father to the fatherless and that nothing in all creation will be able to separate us from your love in Christ Jesus. Thank you for your mercy and grace in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. We, we welcome you today. Thank you for being here. I've got a lot to go over today, so I'm going to jump right in. Jerry Clust asked me to get everybody out of here by 1.30, and I said, let's shoot for two. If that's okay with you, Joe. Okay, good. We'll give that a shot. I'm going to go right into the scripture today. Uh, our, our first, and I'm going to do something a little bit, a little bit different. I'm going to read all of the scripture, and then we're going to talk about it for a couple of hours or so. So let's do it. Our first scripture is found in Exodus 20:12. It says, "Honor your father and your mother, that your days may be prolonged in the land which the Lord your God gives you." The next, the next one we want to go to is Ephesians 6, verses 2 through 4. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may be well with you. And you, you may live long on the earth. Fathers, do not prov provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. And finally, Matthew 15, 4. And this is Jesus speaking. He said, For God said, Honor your father and your mother. And he who sp speaks evil of father or mother is to be put to death. Godly fathers seem to be rare these days. Uh, we we want to honor all 
of those fathers who are here today and also those that may be watching online. You may not be aware, but Father's Day and Mother's Days are not biblically instituted holidays. I don't know that there are any of those type things. So, however, however, I will give you a little bit of background on it so that we can be feel okay in honoring our uh, fathers. Uh, the concept of Father's Day began in a small church in Fairmont, West Virginia. And I'm going to tell you a little bit more about that in just a minute. Yeah, who's from West Virginia? Mark. Mark. Yeah. The Bible, however, does have a lot to say about honoring fathers and mothers. There are many, many verses that talk about honoring your father and your, and your mother. So this is, this is more than just one day a year that we should be doing that. The command to honor your father and mother was the scripture that we read in Ephesians 6. And this was commandment uh, number five that Moses received from God on Mount Sinai. As, as I mentioned, even though the scripture doesn't designate a day to honor mothers or, or fathers, the beginnings of Father's Day came from that little church in Fairmont and uh, on July 5th, 1908, Mark, were you around back in those days? Okay. Uh, this, was a, uh, this was an interesting Father's Day and the reasoning behind it. There were, uh, there, the, that's a coal mining area. And after there were hundreds of men that had died in the worst mining accident in U.S. history. So this church held a service to pay tribute to those men that had died and honor fathers in general. So the next year, in 1909, a woman named Sonora Dodd of Spokane, Washington, was inspired by the, by the idea of Mother's Day. So she partnered with the Spokane Ministerial Association and the YMCA and to set aside a Sunday in June to celebrate fathers. So on June 19th, 1910, the first Father's Day events commenced in churches in that area. Now, it caught on, but it only took it, oh, a few years, because in 1972, under President Richard Nixon, Congress uh, passed an act officially making Father's Day a national holiday. So I guess there's, if you, you may not have to go to work tomorrow, right? Is that right? So I know that you're probably surprised that it took our government like 62 years to finally institute Father's Day. <laughs> Uh, well, maybe you're not surprised about that. Uh, the idea of fatherhood has drastically changed over the last 50 years or so. It, uh, partly, this change is, is due to the way that our society and culture has evolved. There are no longer huge armies of male workers toiling away in factories while women spent hours uh, hand-stitching and hand-washing the clothes. The modern role of a father has changed so that mothers and fathers are partners, each taking re resp responsibility within the family life. So fathers began to be seen as significant influences on children. We know from many studies what, what happens when a father figure is lacking in the home. You, you can listen to any news feed and, and, uh, and you'll hear story after story that depict just how desperately uh, we are in need of, of the influence of a godly father in the family. In a sense, Father's Day 
helps us to demonstrate the importance of and value of fatherhood. Uh, it, and it, it goes beyond the gifts or the material things that you get or the pair of socks or the necktie that you'll never wear. It, it, it's, it's, we we want to honor the things that a father brings to a family that are not material goods. And there's a lot. Even though we've evolved and become more aware of the importance of a father's influence, I think we're still going in the wrong direction sometimes uh, as it relates to our understanding of a father's role in the home and society in general. So just having a father's presence is an important part of the discipline uh, in a home. I, and, and I don't just mean corporal punishment. Uh, my, my biological father was, was not in my life through no fault of his own uh, for many years. From the time I was three years old until I, I didn't see him again until I was about 20 years old. Uh, let, me, let, me, let me give you a, a, a personal word of caution uh, about what we, how, what we say and how we represent others to the, to the rest of the world. Uh, you know that your words have great influence and power, right? You know that the things you say have a lot of influence. The way that we represent someone can be the determining factor of how that person is viewed for years. That was the case with my father. This is extremely relevant if the person being discussed is your former husband or former wife, and especially if, the, if that talk is happening in the presence of a child that you both share. Be careful to teach that child to honor and respect that other parent. Now, does that mean that that person is always worthy of honor? No, it doesn't mean that. But understand that being worthy is not a requirement to show honor for a parent. The scripture does not give exceptions to this command to honor your father and your mother. In my situation with my father, I'm grateful. I'm grateful to God that we were able to resolve those issues that I had long before my dad passed away. And at the end of his life, my dad and I were very, very close. Uh, so, but back to the idea of how a father's presence in the home can be an important piece of the general discipline. Now, again, I'm not just talking about a father coming in and laying out corporal, corporal punishment or just laying down the law. How many times have you heard your mother say, just wait till your dad gets home? <laughs> now, you know, my, my mom... Never really, never really said that. She, was, she seemed to be quite able to handle all of us kids quite well. My mother could be fearsome. Uh, she would hit you with whatever was within her reach. And uh, not me. Now, now, mind you, not me. I was the oldest. <laughs> not me. So, no, no, wait a minute. I had moved out. I, I had went out on my own. Uh, by that time, as, as my brothers were growing up, so I wasn't at home. But I was also mom's favorite, so I never really did anything to deserve punishment. So, no. <laughs> But my younger brothers were always, they were always in line of mom's fierce correction, which was a source of great joy for me, I might add. Uh, so what does it mean to honor your father? The Hebrew word for honor is kavod. 
It is also the word for glory. It, it means to be weighty, something heavy. God's word is serious about this subject of honor. This idea of honor to parents has a much deeper meaning when you realize what it meant in the Hebrew world. Part of this honor to their parents was because they would have been the ones that taught you about a God who loves you and cares for you. They represented the continuation of the law of God handed down throughout the generations of time. Now that law taught a respect for parental authority and all the authorities that had been instituted by God. Now, I want to say this. I have probably said this nearly every time I've been up here, I, I, uh, uh, but, but it's important. So here we go again. When we read anything in the Bible, we must think about the context. And now, Nathan has said many times, you, uh, you can, if we rip a verse out of its uh, uh, context, out of its original co- uh, context, it's most likely going to lose that original meaning. And this is done quite often, and it's not good. Uh, The reason that it's not good is it opens the door for someone to make that verse mean anything you want it to mean. And again, that's not good. The command to honor your father and mother is from the book of Exodus, commandment number five of the Ten Commandments. In the Hebrew world, when the Israelites were following the Torah, the law of God, the first five books of the Bible, the law of Moses, there's a cultural context that we need to be aware of. The Jews were, were, were very concrete in their thinking. That they, they were not big on abstract ideas. So the cultural context related to the law of Moses displays a way of thinking that is so foreign to our culture that we struggle to actually get it. We struggle to understand it, to to grasp it. So are you ready for this now? Now get this. I want you to to take note. This is important. One of those teachings is that our feelings are far less important than our behavior is. Wow. Is is that not a, a, a cool thing? I mean, do you get that? That your feelings sometimes are not nearly as important as what you're doing. So, where am I going with all this? I know that's not popular in our world today. If you don't feel like doing something, you don't do it. But if it's the right thing to do, you do it whether you feel like it or not. They believed that you should do things that God commands you to do. Well, wow, I think that's right. I believe that. Not because you feel like it, but because God commands it, and it is the right thing to do. Now, stay with me. We're still talking about honoring parents here. You honor because it's right. Let me me give you an example. At every presidential press press conference, all the members of the press will rise from their seats when the President of the United States comes into the room. They do this even if they don't actually like him. <laughs> Therefore, they don't stand because they feel like it, but it's be- and, or because they like him so much, they stand because they honor the presidency. They honor the office that he holds. Now, 
They may not love the man, but they show honor to the office. Does that make sense to you? So what do we do about those fathers or mothers who didn't follow through with the duties of a good parent? We have to realize, first of all, that all parents are, are human. This is, this is not an ex attempt to excuse them, but we know there are no perfect parents. All parents have made mistakes. Some have made bad choices in their life. It could be that maybe those mistakes have affected you as a child, as their child. Maybe you've been the one that's made those bad mistakes. Maybe you, you've been the father or mother that hasn't done really well. I don't want to minimize this issue. A mistake or a lapse in judgment is, is, is one thing. All, all parents are going to do that. Uh, but there we know from families and homes that there are parents that, that abandon their kids. They abuse their kids uh, or never acknowledge that they ever existed. That's an extremely different matter. So what do you do? You may be in a situation today that uh, requires you to forgive them before you can even think about honoring them. You know that Jesus has called us to a higher standard of living. It's a standard that says we can love even our enemies and allows us to put the needs of others before our own needs. We can honor our Father by first for giving Him if that's, if that's needed. We honor parents by obeying God's command. And that comes through the power of God that is in us. It's a choice that we make. Not to earn salva salvation or in anything, but, it's an, but, but it should be a sign of what we do if we are following God. James wrote that faith without works is dead. We're saved by grace through faith. So our lives should also illustrate our trust in God. If your parents are still alive, you should be looking for ways to honor them. If they've passed, you should speak words of honor about them. The Bible is clear in the Old, in the Old Testament, and this is hard. The penalty for verbally abusing your father or mother was the same as attacking or striking them physically. And that penalty was death. Now, that seems like a very harsh thing, a harsh penalty. And I'm so glad that we don't live under the Mosaic law. But, but the seriousness of honor cannot be overstated. If your father is still alive, you should be seeking his wisdom. Proverbs 13.1 says that a wise son hears his father's instruction, but a scoffer does not listen to rebuke. We're to care for our parents. In Mark 7, Jesus had a run-in with, uh, uh, with, uh, with the Pharisees. They had a concern with his disciples who were eating without observing the ceremonial hand-washing. So they came and told Jesus that. Your, your disciples don't follow the laws. Jesus looked at them, and yeah, I, it's, it's always interesting. I cannot imagine how those guys felt. He looked at them, and he said, Isaiah prophesied rightly about you guys. 
you hypocrites, is what he called them. He said, you honor me with your lips, but your heart is far from me. He said they were teaching their own doctrine and neglecting the commandment of God. Then he hit them with this in Mark 7. It'll be on the screen. For Moses said, honor your father and mother, and he who speaks evil of father or mother is to be put to death. But I say to you, I, but you say, if a man says to his father or mother, whatever I have that would help you is Corban, that is to say, a gift given to God. You no longer permit him to do anything for his father or his mother, thus invalidating the word of God by your tradi tradition, which you have handed down, and you do many things such as that. So do you see what the Pharisees were doing? If parents of one of their followers needed help, they were teaching those followers to say that that gift, that help that you might give to your parent has been a gift that you've given to God. So therefore, you don't need to help your parent instead of helping your parent. It's a gift given to God, korban. And in this case, giving it to God meant giving it to the Pharisees. Jesus confirms that honoring parents is not an option. While we're required to honor parents, it, it, it's, it doesn't mean that we imitate the behavior of an ungodly parent. Ezekiel 20 uh, talks about the nation of Israel following after idols and, they, and not observing the statutes of God. And God tells their children, the people of Israel, he tells their children not to walk in the statutes of their fathers who were defiling themselves with idol gods. So you might be here today thinking, this all sounds fine, but you don't know my situation. You don't understand maybe the horrible abuse that has happened to me at the hands of my parents. You know, we, we live in a fallen world, and I cannot, go through, I cannot go through this without explaining to you that we, we live in a fallen world that is full of sin. According to the National Children's Alliance, uh, about 700,000 children in the United States are abused each year, and 78% of those are abused by their parent. God must be sorely grieved by this. Even though Scripture is clear about honoring our parents, it does not in any way compel you to stay in an abusive situation. I said earlier that Jesus has called his people to a higher standard of living. There are no exceptions to this command to love enemies, and yes, even abusers. You may have been hurt by a parent. Honoring an abusive parent is going to take healing from the Lord and most likely some counseling for you. Forgiveness can seem impossible, but through the support of pastors, godly friends, and family, it can be achieved. Forgiving doesn't always mean that you forget. Wisdom would dictate that parents with a history of abuse need to be kept at a safe distance. A believer who has been hurt by a parent 
has to continually choose not to dwell on the wrong done to them and to forgive. It is possible to forgive. Ephesians 4.32 and Colossians 3.13 both confirm that we are to forgive as God has forgiven us. I, I, I can't tell you what that means to me. You would have to know my life to know how much that, uh, that I had done wrong that God had forgiven me for. Helps me to forgive others. It really does. You may not have, you may not have even known your biological father or mother. It could be that you cringe when you hear the word father. The, in the real world, not everyone is born to parents who exhibit the fatherly love of God. Yet we are called to honor them. Why? What is the connection between honoring our parents and honoring God? When we treat our parents with respect and love, we're also honoring God with our obedience. We're, we are living out the relationship that God wants with us through Christ. So no matter who our parents are, God's going to honor our obedience. And he's faithful to walk with us through family situations that are difficult. Our view of our earthly father can sometimes taint our view of God, our heavenly father, especially if that earthly father was not good. So, but today, I want you to know that you have a good father. God is a good father. This Father's Day, as we remember our earthly fathers, we can celebrate our heavenly father as well. The Bible says that God is a father who guides us. He shows earthly fathers how to love their children. And he reminds those who didn't have loving fathers that he can be trusted. God is faithful. He is a father who wants good for you. And he has shown you great, great mercy. Scripture says that as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. How do we know that God is good? There are many, many followers of God right here in this room. They can, first, they can testify of the goodness of God. I also want you to listen to the words of King David in Psalm 103. It's not up on the screen. I just want you to listen to the words. David said, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. He's a good God. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits, who forgives all your iniquity who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and, and mercy. God is a good father. Who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. He loves you. He made known his ways to Moses, his acts, to the people of Israel, the Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love. You have a good father. 
He will not always chide, nor will he keep his anger forever. He does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities. I am so glad for that. We have a good father. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. He is a good father. As a father shows compassion to his, to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. For he knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. As for man, his days are like grass. He flourishes like a flower of the field. For the wind passes over it, and its place knows it no more. But the steadfast love of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him and his righteousness to children's children. You have a good father. To those who keep his covenant and remember to do his commandments, I want you to listen closely. The God that King David has just described to you, this is the God who sent his son to suffer the penalty of sin. Not his own sin. He had no sin. He suffered and died for my sin and for your sin. This is the God. This is the God who said, I want you to be my children. He made his sinless son become sin so that we could be made righteous. Isn't that amazing? We have a a good father. You may be here today and maybe you're with your earthly father. And he's been the best earthly father that you can imagine. You should be honoring him and thanking God for him. Or you may be one of those here today that did not have a good father. Or you never knew him. Maybe you're estranged from him. I want you to know that this God that King David has just described wants so much to be a father to you. He was willing to make the ultimate sacrifice so that you could be his child. Jesus came to this earth willing to be that sacrifice, knowing it would mean his death on on a cross. God loves you. He is a good father. 2 Corinthians 6, 18 says, If we will turn to him, he will be a father to us, and we will be his sons and daughters. Psalm 68 says that God is a father to the fatherless. When you are a child of God, he's going to walk with you through all of the hurts and the pain that maybe you have come to because of an earthly father or a family. But I want you to know and experience that God is a good father. As we close today, I want to tell you a story. It's a true story of how forgiveness can impact a good parent, a bad parent, an abusive parent. This story is about a young girl that had a father that was physically abusive to her, to her and her mother and, their, and her eight siblings. This father gambled away what little money they had. He looked upon his family with hatred and disdain. 
Their lives were miserable, miserable for many, many years. This little girl grew up, and she got married, but she never carried unforgiveness in her heart for her dad. As an adult, she still visited her, her parents and even took them gifts on Mother's Day and Father's Day. Years later, this, this father became ill and was hospitalized. While visiting him in the hospital as he was near death, this young woman told her father, she said, listen, you've lived a horrible life. And if you don't call on Jesus, you're going to die and go to hell. That night, as she went home, she, this, this young woman lay in her bed. She prayed for her father, the one that had abused her and her mother and her eight siblings. Lord, she said, please reveal yourself to my father. He does not know you. The very next Sunday, she was going to visit him in the hospital again. As she's going into the hospital, her mother meets her and says, please hurry, daughter. Your father has been wanting waiting to see you. He wants to talk to you. The daughter, thinking the worst, said, what's wrong, mother? What's wrong? She said, he wants to talk to you. Please come. She walked into his room, and her father called her by her name, and he, he said, Jesus came to see me at my bedside, and he told me I could go to heaven. He was here. He is real. That father died just a, a few months later, but before passing, he told his wife, he said, you know, I know our daughter is going to be in heaven, but I'm concerned about the rest of the kids. I got permi permission from that daughter to tell this story of amazing forgiveness of an abused child and how God can truly turn lives around if we will only call on the Lord. That daughter is here today. Mrs. Faye Wheatley, I want to thank you for allowing me to share your story. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we are grateful for the earthly fathers in our lives. Father Hud doesn't come with a manual. And reality will teach us, Lord, that some fathers excel while others fail. We ask for your blessings, Lord, for them all and forgiveness where it is needed. This, this Father's Day, we remember the many sacrifices fathers make for their kids and their families. Lord, we pray for all those who have helped fill that void when a father passes away, the uncles, the brothers, cousins, pastors. For those who are fathers, Lord, we ask for wisdom and humility in the face of this task of parenting. Lord, I pray that you give them the strength to do well by their children and by you. In the name of Christ.